All right. We appear to be running. We have levels. Uh, we are doing this podcast totally differently. We are doing it on the iPhone today. We're doing it on my iPhone. Uh, we did this on uh, the Motorcycle Show podcast with Jackie Van Ham, and it worked so well. We're going to try it here. This is an experiment, so you can feed back and let us know how we sounded. So uh, right now in the garage. If you think we suck, uh, fuck off and don't reply. <laughs> yeah. Or reply and we'll Okay, so uh, right now, Johnny Chrome. Hello, everyone. Johnny McElfresh. Hello, hello. Steve Hopper. Hi, all. Chris Smith. Yeah, he's here. Dustin Elliott. Hey, now. Hey, now. Wow, you just blew that shit right up. I look did. At, look at those. Oh, yeah, wow, you look at the level. Yeah, you can. Wow, baby. Yeah, well, that. Wow. Okay, oh, that was that. It. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for breaking <laughs> the microphone. The uh, so I'm just going to give you a quick update. Some of you guys know uh, we are lovers of Porco Tiki Lounge here in Cleveland, Ohio. And Ding. last weekend, Porco Tiki Lounge went down, and they were invited to participate in the South Beach Food Festival in the Tiki Shootout. And Porco fucking won. And, I mean, this is a big deal. These guys really showed up. You can go to Porco, and if they have the ingredients, because it's barb and core rum, which we still can't get in the state of Ohio, but they made a drink called the Alchemist Hour. Uh, I went down, Renee from my shop went down with me, and we got to enjoy the whole operation, the class act that is Stefan Wass and the Porco family. And uh, all the other groups had like four or five people, maybe three people running the show, going down on the trip. We had bars from Milwaukee, bars from New York, all over the place. Porco brought down 18 motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> they, had, they had the pineapple girls. They had, all the girls were wearing these really cool white dresses with pineapples all over them. They called themselves the Fine Apples. And they were the fine apples. There was this general... Yeah. There was an overwhelming feel of love in Miami, and Cleveland brought it. And when they won, and Guy Fieri announced the winners, he actually said, those savages from Cleveland, Porco Tiki Lounge. At which point he was mobbed by Porco Tiki Lounge and touched inappropriately, which we have on film. Uh, many, many times. How proud he must have been. At no point did the folks from Porco ever let us down. I think that they are the perfect home drinking establishment for our podcast. They, they represent what we believe in. Nice. They really do. And they are just... It was we an might epic weekend. consider doing the podcast yeah. every Friday from Porco. Oh my God! Inappropriate drunk. If they, if they, oh if they put us God. in the tiki room, yeah. yeah, yeah. If they put us in the tiki room for an hour, yep. I can tell you the way Porco's been these past few weeks you'll that you'll be lucky if you can get in there because they have been packed. the The word is out in the city of Cleveland. If you want a drink that is a velvet hammer then you're going to go to Porco. Because it all tastes great, and it's all very delicious and drinkable. I've never heard the term velvet hammer. Oh, my fuck. It's an iron fist and a velvet glove, as they say. It <laughs> fucks you up. And i got to love that place. I just love it. So, uh, well, yeah. Mods versus Rockers, will that be it? Will the bar night be oh my That would be a Porco. I would assume yeah, it would be. That's a reason to attend Mods versus Rockers. <laughs> that is the best reason ever to attend Mods versus Rockers. Yeah, Come early, drink yeah. early, and then... Show up early. Preview. The preview will the be. Meet, they call it the meet and greet. The meet and greet. Meet and greet. Yeah, the meet and greet will be at Reserve your spot in the parking lot next to Dave Christensen. Yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah, we don't have. Just hope he fall asleep on your bike. We don't have beds for you. You can always sleep under your motorcycle. Free lodging. Bring your own tarp. What I wanted to talk about in the podcast tonight, and what I told these guys to work on, 
uh, is, you know, in our uh, last podcast we did at the motorcycle show, we gave a lot of love to Victory, and it's not because we're particularly, it's not like we're, sorry, I haven't posted that yet, but, <laughs> but I'm sure it'll happen. The Slacker. Uh, but we're, oh. we didn't do it because we're getting paid by Victory. We didn't get it, do it because, you know, anybody here works for Victory. The reason we did it, and fuck, I don't even sell victories. I've never sold a victory. And none of us own a victory. And none of us own a victory. I've never ridden a victory. What? See? Okay. So, like, if that, if we kind of got the feeling that they had some shit going on, like, they had some real neat stuff, they are taking on Harley Davidson, which, in my opinion, Harley feels stale to me. And, I mean, I'm not saying Harley Davidson hasn't come out with any new shit. They have. But victory's doing it really, really well. And what they've done with the Indian thing and having their own identity is really cool. And the fact that they're a very American company with an American ethos. And I really like that about them. And while we were in the booth, we got to see three fucking cool motorcycles that they built. The first was the one for the Pikes Peak Hill Climb. And that fucking victory turned into a cafe racer sport bike monster. I mean, tell me that you didn't go in that booth and look at that bike and just go, fuck. It was cool. All of its insides were on the outside. You know, you could see every element of what made it propel up a goddamn Pike's Peak. Isn't that a birth defect when your fingers are all on the outside? You're born inside out. And this motorcycle looked like it was born inside out. They call it the 156 bike. And, uh, you know, that's the, the Roland Sands Project 156 Pike Peak Racer. And what's cool about that is Don Canet, or Don Canet, who, you know, is a racing has racing history and also with Cycle World magazine for years we've been reading his stuff. He's the guy that campaigned that bike. So there's a lot of cool stuff. There's a lot of references there. They had a bike that was called uh, the Zach Ness. They called the com- the combustion and Urs Erbacher had the ignition. And those were their uh, you know con- concept bikes. They were, but they, I mean, they're running rideable motorcycles, but they were concepts, you know, give it to a designer or a builder and let them have fun with it. Well, what they've done, and I'm sure by the time this drops, people are going to be all over it anyway, but uh, they have a bike called the Octane, and the Octane is the production version of these other two prototypes. And usually when you see a production version, it's not really that close to the prototypes. I mean, we've been looking at Honda prototypes for 30 years. And like, 30? Aside from the... Right, aside, Probably more than 30 years. Yeah, right? I mean, but aside from the Rune, when has their production bike ever looked like their prototype? The Rune was a fucking freak show and bananas bike. But usually prototypes, they can't play by the same rules as production. Production can't play by the same rules. The lack of rules of prototyping. This... The DNO one was kind of The DNO... Yes, that's a, that's a good one because... The prototype was damn near production. Yeah, that's a good... You bring up an excellent point. But, but generally, it's not. Yeah. The Victory Octane is basically what happens when you take a Scout, the Indian Scout, also made by Victory, and just go ape shit with it and just build it into a real fucking shredder of a... And I, I don't know if I like the term cruiser with this bike. Power cruiser, man. Power cruiser, hot rod. Yeah. Where, where are we at with it? What did we call this fucking thing? What do we call it? I know street what they'll call it. What's that? Street Rod. It is a Street Rod. I was thinking that name. Street Rod's a good name for it. Yeah, but the tie, it kind of could fit almost into hooligan-ish. Almost? Um, yeah. Somewhere yeah. in between Rat everything. Rod. How yeah. about, how about we, something that came about in the mid-80s? 
term for, now I don't know what these do, but a term for a bike that's really a strong bike in a straight line that yeah. doesn't really do a lot in the curves and stuff. How about muscle bike? Muscle bike, excellent. The V-Max was a muscle bike by any definition. V-Max, the, you know, uh, the V65 Magna was a muscle bike. 900 uh, Kawasaki. The Eliminator, ZL900 Eliminator. Eliminator. And certainly, those are bikes that could be loosely defined as cruisers because they're not cafe racers, they're not race bikes. What do you call muscle bikes? Muscle bikes, and this is a really good bike. And I really think that when I saw this, the Scout never inspired me because the Scout was such a retro bike. The Scout was like trying to be an old Indian thing, and this thing is fucking The only thing that really looked hard about the Scout was the engine. They made it look so... They made it almost look like it had an excellent frame. It does. Yeah. And that was just and that's in the, what's it was right just there. In the machining of the of the parts. Though. Yeah. I mean, and that's the motor that's in there. So it's a it's a beefed it, up, stroked. It, it is. They, they machined oh, it. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, but the you know? but the Scout looks. Well, I mean, this at least has looks like it has some fins on it. Right. Like and cooling fins. Yeah, and right. that, the Scout yeah. was more. I don't know. It's flat Water cooled. Yeah. But the other one is. Scout, Scout is it was almost Tronish. Tronish, or, <laughs> or if you want to think that way, almost steampunkish. Steampunk. That's a good word you for know. it. Because the Scout was very steampunk. I it had the so. edges. It had that plumbing look to it. I like the fender on this bike so much better than the fender on the Scout. Scout with that yeah. kind of like clunky looking. This bike looks really trim, and I'm not usually a cruiser kind of guy, but I'm definitely, this bike's kind of talking to me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, this is not my kind of thing to ride, but, you know, I don't Definitely like forward controls. I don't like that you know, flying so speed riding position. Would, would eliminate it from my Definitely. Frame. I mean, if, if, you yeah. don't step, if you don't want to step all the way up to an Adache. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or an Adache or the Diavel. These bikes, the Diavel and the Adache are like, wow, they're very extreme. But this thing is something that is in the $10,000 price point, and it looks like it's going to give... Hell, I mean, obviously, the you know the numbers are great. I mean, this is really cool. This would stack up against what a Sportster, a Fat Bob. A no, yeah. it would be more. I, I didn't get the displacement. It's a hot rod. It's twelve hundred. Yeah, twelve hundred cc. So yeah, it's falling yeah, in the Sportster range of this. What do you think about that, Dustin? No, man. So Neil Basin stands so in your garage it's more along the lines of like Dyna. Yeah. The, the forward controls kind of kill it for me. Right, I agree. I'm a, I, 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 I do not take the forward controls. Would, and let's just say, if it was manageable to make that into a midship control, I would probably be pretty interested. Yeah, if right it had midship controls, I mean, yeah. I, I would probably be kind of into that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The exhaust is really <coughs> weird to me. We talked about it in the, in the play. It's got that crossover in the Well, oh. that's... Now, remember... You guys always got to remember, if you look at any of the custom bikes we just talked about, they all had wackadoodle exhaust because, remember, production has to meet EPA standards. So, unfortunately, they are bound by the rules of the EPA when it comes to building exhaust systems. So, you know the first thing that's going to fall off this motorcycle is that exhaust. Yeah, um, but if, if I could take that exhaust Which, of course, of it, everybody will. Yeah, and do like a two-in-the-one. That's why it's black. Well, it's <laughs> I, I, I think if they had a two-in-the-one on it, yeah. it would be pretty it's fucking It's interesting. Cool. When you look at the three uh, prototype bikes yeah. or custom bikes that they built, they each have a very unique exhaust. They certainly do. You know, one's like and a I'm sure, pipe scrambler type. One's like a, you know... And I'm sure both of those unique exhausts are going to make it into somebody's production company, yeah. like, you know, yeah, insert name of production company here. <laughs> well, some guy's going to make a whole bunch of money off yeah. of producing an exhaust for that bike. Whichever company ends up being the the official Somebody's going to make a kick-ass two-in-one for yeah. that. 
And it's gonna be it's gonna and be it's amazing. It's gonna be fucking. Yeah, it'll be the amazing. equivalent of Arrow for mm-hmm. the tr- uh, Triumph. Right on. Are you listening, Matt? But it'll be nice. Right. Two and the one was a high, yeah. like a high pipe. I agree. I think that you know manufacturers have always. There were bikes that had distinctive exhaust from the factory. The Honda V45 Super Magna had that, you know, dual rocket launchers on both sides. They used to have a Brooklyn Downs can on it. (laughs) Right. So, obviously, the aftermarket for this thing is going to be rich. But I think that as a production unit, goddamn, that's a pretty good-looking bike. That's a really good-looking bike. I like the the curvy, angular, multi-layered, like, for the tank, the way it's... It's got dents, but it's still curved, it's swooping. Could probably make a fucking wicked exhaust. I'll bet you Hans at HMF Engineering. Hans would probably uh, make a killer exhaust. Hans has got a great eye, and and everything that Hans does usually ends up being beautiful and totally functional. How many units does uh, they have to sell in order to uh, motivate Hans to start making something? You know what? I think that if that, you know, it's just production bucks. So Hans has probably already got this penned up. Ten thousand? I don't think he, I don't think Hans needs to worry about that. I think if Hans can sell three hundred pipes, he's probably in it to win it. You know, uh, those guys are amazing at HMF. They they've prototyped shit for me on a rather small production run. I mean, they did all our madass pipes. We didn't sell a thousand of those. You know, we sold in like the three hundreds, and they built it for us. Wow. So, but that's just a that's a oh man, it's, so that's what their production floor is. It's manpower. It's mostly building custom. I mean, shit, their production. They're hand built. The yeah, scooter parts. They're not using robots to turn alone, off. man. They're yeah. fucking legendary. They are legendary. And, and what would you use? Like three <laughs> hundred? Yeah, about three hundred of them. And you know what I will say about that? That is truly an American talent resource. Hans HMF has done so many pipes for so many different things. We're not even talking about the quads and the side-by-sides. They've done tons for that. But they are so much talent in one building. With every dyno in the world, they need to produce. They can not only build beauty, but they can build performance in a package. So I'm really... When I see a lot of stainless steel exhaust on both of those prototype bikes, I can immediately just picture what Hans is going to come up with or any of these other aftermarket companies. Because they are going to sell a lot of this bike at $10,000. This is going to be a very good seller for them. Uh, it's so attractive on so many levels. I think it's a really neat machine. And we talked about, let's see something exciting in the motorcycle world. The Diavel X is a very exciting bike, but it's a very pricey bike. And it's going to keep, you know, that's your 20 plus K bike. You know, this is half of that. You can buy this motorcycle for half of the money. That's a lot so, of bike for time. I think you're right. Yeah. I'd agree. Well, the last line in this article yeah. says it all. The thing about American Muscle and Pony Cars is that they were affordable. Mm-hmm. That's what we wanted with the Octane, and so that's what they got. You got, like you said, it's a muscle bike. An affordable bike. It's affordable yeah. muscle car. I'm very impressed. I mean, and granted, this doesn't represent what I would normally fall in love with, but God damn, it looks, the, the overall pull together of what this is is fucking cool. The guy that worked at a victory, and, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, it sounded ferocious. I mean, he had mm-hmm. a lot of spikes you could possibly have on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and for, but it didn't sound nothing like a Harley, but right. still had its own very distinct, right. like, wow, wow, like just it's great. raw, like mm-hmm. a lot of things like that had a lot of power. They build a motor, man. They yeah. build a motor. So that's really cool. And he rode it like a jacket. I mean, like every time he left, <laughs> he, work, <laughs> wah, bah, 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 so he's enjoying that motorcycle. 
Nobody's going to question whether or not you can join that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I backfired on that one. That's a What You're coughing, he loved it so much. <laughs> John McElfresh, Foley artist. <laughs> he can... Wah! Wah! <laughs> he, can, he, can, he can replicate your motorcycle right down to the flooding carb. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> um, an interesting thing. Uh, um, hey, that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> an interesting thing. Uh, when I did, when I was kind of researching for this, there's a bike that kind of just won't die, and the bike that won't die is the Suzuki Bandit 1250. And uh, you know that bike's been out and back and in and out and everything else. That Bandit platform's been around for a long time. It went away in our country for a little while, and it came back again. And you know, I think uh, two thousand. Yeah, it went away, but it didn't die. No, it didn't fucking die. <laughs> uh, they tried. Still stay there. They tried it back out again, and I think eleven or twelve with fuel injection. And that bike's numbers are still incredible. They're still great. It's still an amazing platform because of the guys like Dale Walker at Whole Shot. They build beautiful performance modifications that are affordable and easy to mount up, and can really give you that twenty or thirty horsepower bang pretty cheaply. And when you look at a bike like that, brand new, you can go buy a Suzuki Bandit 1250 for, you know, under 10 grand. You know, for a brand new motorcycle with a warranty. And, or if you wanted to be a little bit frugal, you could buy a, a 2011 or 2012, which I looked at the Kelly Blue Book on those, and they're about 5,500 bucks. So we know that that motorcycle, the Suzuki Bandit, that we, you know, I, my personal experience with the old carbureted one, the 1200, was that it was a fantastic bike. And once we did the Dale Walker shit to it, it became a really fantastic bike. I ran into that guy at. He uh, loves that bike. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and you talk about, about and he's a big dude. I mean, that guy's every bit of 320, and he's a 320 pound person. Fucking crunch on me when I'm. Did he? Put the <laughs> he crushed the lungs out of you? Yeah. yeah. He was like, I'm going if, to... If you can crush Johnny Chrome... That's something. You think about the reach. <laughs> yeah, well, right? You are a man. Well, yeah, you're not going to drag on the guy. Yeah, I think he is the cement truck. Yeah. <laughs> it's just him in a wheelbarrow. Plus, yeah, it's fucking... Yeah, and he loves that the motorcycle. The guy from Marvel with the rock muscles. Oh, the thing. The thing, yeah. The thing, this, yeah. This. That's what he looks like. He's a big dude. Yep. And he's like, he's still fat. And he, loves, him. Dude, he looks like he's made of rock. He does. He looks like he's an impossible human being. Uh, he's got that kind of baby Huey like, presence. You know? Yeah. Yeah, he can't turn his head. No. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't go to the gym. He just moves heavy things. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but that's a real testament to that platform of a motorcycle. And he goes out and, like he says, that's the fastest motorcycle he's ever owned. And he was a little bit scared of buying a high-performance motorcycle, so he bought that Bandit because it was in his price. You know, he he was able to spend around three grand and own a motorcycle. The term is in his wheelhouse. In his wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. Let's use demagoguery. Yeah, I was a used car dealership recently. So oh, so you got to say in his wheelhouse a lot? Wheelhouse, like six times. He liked that term. So that's really cool that, you know, there's a bike still out there that's been an old bike, but it's received modern upgrades that have made it still relevant in today's market, and it still has the bones of being this amazing build bike. You know, it's a really cool thing. It's been around for a long time. It's very affordable, and you can get into it cheap. And with our podcast, we like affordable, but it's even better if it's affordable and fucking rideable. And uh, the next thing would be reliable. And when you get into something that's fuel-injected and on a platform that's 20-some years old. So with our podcast, it was like 
cheap. Cheap is always the key factor. <laughs> cheap and ratable. Yeah. Cheap usually wins. <laughs> I bought yeah. this bike for 500 bucks and it ran the day I brought it home. Right. Then, then that's a fucking win around here. You've got our attention. Tell me more. I. What is that? Your ideas appeal to me, and I'd like to subscribe to your podcast. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I really like that. I mean, I love that kind of story. Uh, we do have, uh, we're having some of the first signs of a thaw around here. Uh, we got some beautiful snow the past couple Have of we days. ever frozen? We've, yeah. Come on, we have not frozen. We did have a very weird First winter. signs of a thaw in Ohio, yeah. in northeast Ohio. <laughs> right. Construction zones. Yeah. Orange barrels. We basically, we have not frozen, right. but we have salted. Oh, we salted oh, like we had a job yeah. to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, to, 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 to me personally, I, when the salt is laid down, I don't go out. Mm-mm. We've warmed up the squishy. You know, <laughs> but there's, there's been days where I was just like, fuck yeah, let's ride. And then I, I'm driving my car around, and I'm like, oh, God, look at all that salt. Make it a point to only ride other people's bikes. In this weather. Yeah, right. The, yeah, uh, so I, I, I don't touch it when there's salt. You know, and we never got cold enough this year. We never froze enough this year that the uh, Mark McDermott Memorial door in my house refused to open. Because usually, <laughs> in previous years, the door that goes into my garage, when, it, when the ground gets frozen enough, that door won't open anymore. And it's a well-constructed door, but it's, it, it's the newest part of the home, and it's a place where a door never was before. So in previous years, you get to a certain point in, like, January, February... And you can no longer use that method of getting into the garage. You have to go around. The like, front door to my house is exactly right. It won't It'll close, but it won't last right. It's, it's such a good, like that door. Is, you got to throw the bolt. It's one of those really good doors, too. It's like a perfect magnetic seal, like a refrigerator door. But in so much of that perfection, it does not tolerate shifting. And so it's always like, well, you know it's cold when the garage door won't open. And uh, that's... You know, that's how we know around our house. And it never got to that point this year, so that's pretty cool. And also, I never had to use any mechanical means of clearing the snow in my driveway. Well, yeah, I didn't have to I use bought a snow blower for 200 bucks from my mother-in-law's yeah. house, and I never used it. Yeah, I've got, I've got I my snow blower sitting right there. I did you buy, even use it this I year? I did not use it. <laughs> I would buy a $200 snow blower every year yeah. if I could not If you could it. guarantee you didn't have to use it. My neighbor still had his monster three-stage <laughs> fuck-off track drive encapsulated thing with a headlight and you know heat heated grips like he was still using that even though there was like one and a half inches of freshly fallen powder that he could have cleaned off the leaf blower i'm making payments on this thing damn it i'm, <laughs> I'm getting it out <laughs> did the lake ever freeze over no no didn't even come close that yeah didn't even come close Pretty strange for, for, during, for during during last year. We had ninety six percent coverage. Ninety six percent coverage of the lake. Yeah, the vast majority of the lake was fully frozen okay, over. So the lake wasn't frozen over this yeah. year, and some dumbass still fell in. <laughs> I <laughs> them guys Every still year. went in the lake. You know why? Because last last year I went through I think three cans of two stroke gas. Wow! For, yeah, for, for the my snowblower. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I I don't just blow uh, my driveway. Right. I, I do like three of my neighbors. Yeah, I hook my neighbors up too. Cause you do the backyard too, don't you? The no. whole backyard. <laughs> yeah, the whole backyard. He blows it all in no, the pool. When, when, when I do my driveway, I I go and I do my neighbor across the street. Uh, the one to the, the 
the left of her and then the next. See, I mean, that's like, you know, I'm a nice guy. That's a good name. Yeah. We only got to do the never-ending sleigh ride in my backyard once. It's <laughs> <laughs> the world's smallest circle track. <laughs> I mean, so we have had the benefit of a pretty weird winter, but... And the, I've got uh, to plug my gutters in. Hey, there you go. I didn't know. I, damn, that's, that's, I was thinking about putting that well, on this my, year. Yeah, time my... You have, you have a picture window, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you usually get ice dams by the picture window? Yeah, 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 of yeah. I do, too. Yeah, and I mean, this Knock was the year I was talking sure. about putting the heat. See, we live in a part of the world where we have to heat our roofs and gutters. Um, roofs. roofs. Or you take yeah. a chance on getting what they call ice dams. Yeah, I, we, well, we've had the gutters off. Well, listen to you, Dang. Johnny Commando. <laughs> Death by icicle around my house. Yeah. No, that's a, no, no. Don't break that icicle off. That's a fucking load-bearing structure now. When that icicle's 24 inches around, you don't break it off. That's the best way to commit murder. Because if you broke some of the icicles off of my front of my house last year, the entire gutter system would have come down because the weight of no, the icicle. You stab somebody with the icicle. Right. No, no murder. That's <laughs> the best way. Death by icicle. The. Uh, but so getting ready for springtime, um, we recently got a bike into shop on consignment that's a BMW F800 ST. Mm. So this is a belt drive parallel twin BMW motorcycle. It's a 2007. Beautiful sapphire blue. Blue color. And it, this customer, uh, this previous owner, this bike can be yours for the low, low price of $5,000. Um, it's a really nice bike, but he did put every, F, I, mean, I checked, he put every BMW accessory that you can purchase on this motorcycle. The, the Gila bars, he did the lower pegs, he did all the linkages to make it correct, he did the higher windshield with the laminar lip, he did the heated seat, he did the heated grips, he has the expandable cool bags, the ones that, you know, instantly quick disconnect, the BMW brand, and then you turn the key the other way and then they almost double their size. Huh. They're like, they're not hard Fully hard bags. They have. They're like a. Accordion? They're, yeah, like an accordion. Thank you. Like an accordion. And uh, they're pretty cool. They play focus too. And he's got really like brand new tires on it, and he just he just got a Moto Guzzi from us. So we're selling the bike for him on consignment. But I had the privilege of getting the bike ready for listing, so I'm kind of going over all what he paid. And this is what I want to talk about. Uh, sometimes you can take a motorcycle and add. 50% of its value in actual accessories. So here's the question. If you have this motorcycle, this 2007 fuel-injected modern motorcycle, it's got 29,000 miles, he's been lovingly maintained. Now, he added all those accessories. Now, he those paid... They're all original BMW. They're all BMW accessories, yeah. you know, or better. Not Jay-Z Whitney. No, no, this shit's all dialed. Now, here's my question. <laughs> Now, if you bought this motorcycle, if you bought this bike as just a factory F800 ST, now, you're not going to be able to buy all those accessories used. Probably right. not. So you might end up paying full boat for a lot of those accessories because they're just not in the used market. You could easily buy this bike for five grand and probably put three grand, like I went around the calculator and added up what you put into the bike, or you could buy the bike like this with all the shit already on it. So all of a sudden, that $5,000 motorcycle is more like a $2,000 motorcycle with three grand worth of cool shit on it. <laughs> and I'm saying cool shit. It's got it all. And springtime coming up, I got to thinking, like, what am I going to... I'm definitely putting heated grips on my bike. There's no doubt about it. I'm now completely converted and sold. I love heated grips. And those cool days in the spring and those cool days in the fall 
are going to be enhanced by the heated grips. Next week, Monday, 55 Monday, yeah, Monday, 55 or 60 degrees. I need three or four goddamn days of rain to wash this fucking salt away. Yeah, no shit. Um, we may need to have a hurricane to wash the salt away. There's so much salt out there. But, yeah, I mean, there's things I'm going to do to my motorcycle this year so that I can ride more days. I wanted to go out and ride today. I know. I, I was just like, I'm like, it's 30 fucking degrees, Wait, whatever. Wait, did anybody ride today? But there was yeah. so much fun. Um, oh, there, there's a PC-800 in the driveway and a man wearing pants who normally doesn't. There's not much yeah. today. And he came in looking chilly. Damn you, Harvard. This morning I took a photograph of my driveway and there was a solid three inches of that big heavy snow on top and of my truck. And all the trees looked like a postcard and by... Two or three o'clock today, even in Mentor, the great white north of Cleveland. North. North, indeed. <laughs> By two o'clock, it had all fucking melted. It was gone. So that, to me, was like, congratulations. And I looked for the long-range forecast. It's going to stay warm. So that's good. I have bad news, gentlemen. We are not going to be participating in the St. Paddy's Day Parade. Uh-oh. Oh, why not? I didn't like the inflatable love doll idea. <laughs> I would... Life. I was going to take off work for that. what? <laughs> yeah, I already have a... Well, here's the problem. Uh, you know, years ago when we did this, it's been a few years since we participated in the St. Paddy's Day Parade. But you got arrested and there's no outstanding warrant. Nope. Uh, I don't know when, but the, since the last time I looked at the rules, they now say vehicles, four-wheeled vehicles, yeah. are allowed in the parade provided they are decorated dot, 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 dot. It doesn't specifically say two-wheeled vehicles are forbidden, but I did look at the roster of people who are approved and allowed to attend, and even Rolling Thunder, which is the most recoculous R version of Sturgis that happens in Sandusky, Ohio, this big event, they're not having motorcycles. Oh, fuck that. And Dykes on Bikes are not having motorcycles, and Blue Knights kind of thing. And I contacted them directly, and I said, you know, motorcycle clubs, you know. And I even tried the scooter thing to sneak us in. No. Uh, They are saying no to um, motorcycles. Bikes with bagpipes? Yeah, man. So (laughs) what I'm saying is maybe, I'm not saying we're the reason that shit got broken down and we're not allowed to do it anymore. I'm not saying it was us. But I'm saying we got to enjoy it while it happened, and we're not allowed to enjoy it anymore. Fuck. Fucking fucking right. So no St. Paddy's Day for the Cleveland Moto Boys. Uh, they don't want our kind. Damn it, I was going to take off work for that. <laughs> now I have to work that day. Oh, fuck. Well, believe me, as we've said in previous podcasts, that's not a day you really want to be downtown fighting over that territory. Oh, actually, wait, that's Sunday this year, right? No, it's Thursday. Thursday? Thursday. Yeah, it's a Thursday fuck. day. I'll be down there. Yeah, so that's that. Mm-hmm. Anybody have any spring events coming up they want to participate in that they're looking forward to? Uh, well, you know we're going to Nothing always in particular, have. but I'll tell you my goals for this summer, a couple rides that I want. There are triple rides. I'd like to ride the triple nickel. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I was looking at, and then I've been looking at the Allegheny National Forest. Mm-hmm. And I want to do a six. I did that last year. A sixes ride where you take Route 66 to Route 6, six. and then you ride Route 666. 666, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've done that. Like that would be I haven't done it in that sequence, but I've done each of those roads. And they're all good roads. Yeah. Well, you know we're going to have our Red River Gorge. Right, the Red River Gorge is going to be coming up as yeah, usual in the spring. definitely going to be coming up to do the Ton River Red Dustin, River can Gorge. you carefully reach behind you and grab that gift that we received from one of our podcast listeners? Uh, mm. where is 
Between the grinders. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I can certainly grab that. I figured you'd be able to. (laughs) So um, what we have is, uh, Dustin, go ahead and tell us what we got. Ah, we have a... (laughs) Squirrel! We have a Forty Creek uh, Barrel Select Whiskey. Yes, and uh, go ahead. I wrote on the back who brought it to us. I threw it. No, it's on the uh, it's on the bottle itself. I wrote with a sharpie. Uh, uh, Phil wrote this. That is from Chris. Ah, all right. Come on, you read that. (laughs) (laughs) It's from Chris Bellick. Bellick. Bellick and uh, Celeste, which I think is a squeeze from 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 Wellingport, Ontario, and this is made in Grimsby, eh? Uh, and thank I'm you, thank it. you. Right, thank you, thank you. He oh. stopped by the shop. He got to see both the the Lakewood store and yep. the Mentor store. He stopped in. Super Woo! nice guy. And the oh, bike yeah. that he's into, he's into a really cool bike. He's into the Yamaha RD 350 <laughs> LCs. Remember the liquid cool ones at the very end yep. of the game before the RZs came out? Well, that's hey, everybody else it. in the world. Well, I shouldn't say everybody else. Many other markets in the world. Yeah, just now, drink to enjoy it. the RDLCs for years and years and years. That we didn't. That yeah. we did not. Right. It was a, it was a non-power valve, liquid cooled version of the old RDs. Yep. Is that the same motor that's in the Banshee? Because does the Banshee have a liquid cooled motor? Yeah, yeah. The Banshee okay. has a liquid cooled motor yeah. that does right. not have a power right. valve. Right. It's it's. Chrome, do you want, do you want a, a glass? Porting is a little different, but yeah. yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm on beer tonight. Seven whiskey. Um, the fun thing is, because I can't read this, but I know Dustin can, um, this came with a little um, disclaimer, a, a little outstanding tag that tells oh, us. Oh, yes, with the tasting notes. With the tasting notes. I thought that was really cool. Yes. At first sip, delivers mm. butterscotch, apple, and cinnamon aroma. Oh, I'm getting a, I'm getting a butterscotch. Well, well, caramel rolls over the palate. Well, it tasted a lot of whiskey. But okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like when I when I take a sip, I'm just like, yeah, whiskey. It's good. whiskey. It is good. It's good sipping whiskey. Um, yeah, that's delightful. Thank the, you. The Thank finale you is um, finale. rich caramel uh, fade to reveal hints of spice in a I better long drink finish. <laughs> I think I better drink some more. Because I missed that on the first yeah, flyby. It, it says long finish. So. Mm. Okay, take two. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That was a good snort. I'm, I'm going to take a long finish. That was a good snort. Uh, that definitely qualifies as a long finish. Um, woo! That's good. Ha! Oh, yeah. Tingling spine followed by a woo! <laughs> and then uh, eventually your face will hurt. Because when you yeah. fall down, you'll forget to put your hands out. <laughs> and then yeah. your face well, will hurt. Um, I agree with the taste. Yeah! So thank you so much, Chris. That was awesome of you to bring us a bottle of hooch. We appreciate it. Um, we also got a uh, we also got a growler of Hopageddon, I think. Where's that? By the from the Chardon Chardon Brewery. Yeah, where the fuck is that? Well, unfortunately, yeah. Well, <laughs> God damn it! A little thing happened with the it. It evaporated. Well, you know, growlers don't have a long shelf life. <laughs> and it was brought to us right after we did our last podcast. Oh, okay. And yeah. so uh, when you, you leave a growler of beer at the shop, <laughs> and you know the clock is ticking. So uh, Emmy and I had to Emmy and I had to make sure that that didn't go to waste. We didn't Whoa. want that to age and become. Oh, oh Hey now, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you better change. You're gonna have to clean the shut the garage door. <laughs> Jesus. Right, a little backwash over there. Fucking hell. <laughs> that was a flapper. Look at that. <laughs> wow. You're, you're going to have to hold down your door over there, baby. <laughs> After this week, 
Yeah. I'm proud to be able to do that. Really? Were you having problems with your seal? Yeah. It blew main seal? Blew ass gasket. You don't know. You've been going to the inside. Today's the first day I've come to work all week. Because you were... Sick. You were peeing out your butthole? Luke was sick yesterday. Oh, really? My son. My son. Oh, Luke. Okay. Not your Luke. Not Luke Crossing. We have some Luke. Wow, man. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, coming to blue over there. Yeah. So I'm definitely proud to be able to that's the first let one fly. Kind of loose main seal. The fact that you were able to fart like that with confidence, that says a lot. Yeah. 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 I don't know if I would have. Confidence to trust. I don't know if I would have tested my bottom valve. That <laughs> affect the actual... <laughs> Whatever. I rode head. with Johnny, so it's his mm-hmm. seat. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's my wife's seat. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, um, we don't, well, how do you follow that? But the uh, but going but in, I digress. in the podcast, uh, John Henry, John Henry from the Motoguchi Club of Ohio, uh, brought us that growler. So uh, John Henry's a, a good a good buddy, a good pal that does ride a lot. He's a big time. Uh, and you guys drank that and did not, share that, did not share that with us. No, we didn't share they it with you. of you, though. We were thinking of the podcast okay. the whole time we drank it. Okay. Uh, you Justin know, feels better now. I, I'm telling you, had we recorded another podcast more sooner, more sooner, <laughs> we would have brought it out. That's from the Department of Redundant. Fine, yeah. I'll just drink the whiskey. Just drink the damn barrel select. Sample <laughs> whiskey. Yeah. Woo! Really good. Uh, but yeah, that, that'll warm your cockles and your subcockles. Oh, the cockles of my heart right <laughs> They're now. warmed. Yeah. <laughs> They're very warm. Justin, are you walking home tonight? Yeah, he's walking <laughs> home. <laughs> hey, you know what? I live here, so. Yeah, you safe. Oh my yeah. god, my cockles are so. It's a very, it's, this is a very good cockle warmer. Yeah, my, yeah. my, my cockles are it's to the point of warmness that I can't even express. So I want Steve to tell us, um, good podcast listeners will remember that about a month ago, I reluctantly took in a Ural uh, yeah. Art Deco, a Deco, <laughs> 600 cc's and four speeds. Don't you carry it away. <laughs> and uh, I brought the bike in with the intention of stripping it of its sidecar, and Steve talked about maybe riding the motorcycle part around. And uh, on a fucking despicably bad snowy day, oh, it was a shitstorm. And I was, and what podcast listeners don't know is I'm recovering from hernia surgery right now. And this was like the day before I got my hernia <laughs> surgery, so I was in bad shape. And I delivered this bike over to where Steve works, and it was a fucking, I mean, this bike was, it was an icicle. It, it was, was just, encased in like it was four inches of carbonite. <laughs> it was seriously it was gray ice. It looked epic. And we had it on the trailer, and I had a lot of problems with the trailer, because putting the sidecar rig on the trailer, you know, the bike's very ass-heavy anyway. And then I discovered that in the trunk of the sidecar rig was a truck battery and a fucking Hitachi starter that must have weighed 40 pounds. And the person that we, the person that fucked us over on this bike, who told us, no, it's fine, it runs, it's fine, I had these guys work on it, whatever. Well, Steve, tell us what was actually wrong with that motorcycle. <laughs> well, it's a early 98, and that Hitachi starter yeah. it was actually a starter charger yeah and that was you that was the first gear you were pulling electric start on that bike okay but they ran it off the cam gear okay and it proceeds to blow up the entire motor when you use that whoa 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 what yeah that because of the the 
you know, running off the camber right. instead of off the fly, flywheel. Right. right, like every other bike like in the world. Every, uh, it would put too much torque on, on the cam, uh, gear. cam gear. and In, starting in, mo- in the in starting, starting element, in starting it puts mode. too much torque on a cam gear and therefore breaks with its frag clutch, essentially. Right. Like but a no, lot of motorcycles have engaged. problems, but it's no, always running. Yeah, there's no there's clutch, no always engaged. Right. Yeah. And then when once the bike starts, it acts as a generator. Okay, got it. And yeah. so... Yeah. So and we used to call those very much like a dynamo. Dynamos yeah. or starter eaters, you know. A charge. Right, it's like my tractor. My right. tractor's like that. A lot of bikes historically yeah. have had that setup. Yeah, maybe my, executed better than them. Apparently <laughs> 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 executed better. <laughs> so that was removed because. Okay. Uh, and that was the one good thing that they did. Okay. But in the process of removing that, they cut out the wiring harness. Whoa. So they because it was just it, like. We don't want to leave this here. Somebody might want to use it someday. Right. Rose is fucking take it out. They took the entire the, thing out. Because the six in, ounces of wire is really going to impede the performance. They probably the scrapped it. Too many. So. <laughs> <laughs> they probably scrapped it. That's fine Russian wiring. So that big truck battery in yeah. the trunk yeah. of the sidecar, they were running a total loss system. Oh, And wow. so the, the truck wow. battery, they would charge it up, and then they would ride around for who knows how long. Who knows how long. Last. And then they would come back to home base and plug it in and Jesus Christ, it might as well be a fucking hybrid at that point. I was gonna say, is that a hybrid a partial E V though? Why not just go full electric at that point? Get rid of that six hundred yeah. CC lump. Yeah. So what in place of that Hitachi starter they put in what what's called an L four twenty four, which is the previous model of the general hundred and fifty watt generator. Okay. But they removed the gear from it, oh. and so it was just in there to stop the oil from spewing out. Well, <laughs> stop some of the oil from spewing out because it's an open hole into the front of the engine. <laughs> so after redoing the car, yeah. Uh. It's a, so I figured out that it's, uh, the one nice thing, it, it does have electronic ignition. Okay. All right. So I was able to... And what year did you say this month? It's a 98. It's a 98. So, it's so a, thank it's God, a, by 1998, they've had electronic right. ignition. <laughs> and it looks like... It looks ancient in comparison to any other electronic ignition. It's a okay. huge puck. It looks like a hockey puck. Wow. So, wow. so after getting sorting out that and getting power to the electronic ignition and rebuilding the carbs, mm-hmm. it... Started up Good. and it runs fairly well. Okay, and so um, I've been riding it around, and my wife loves that thing because she could get on Facebook. I hope you enjoy it because I don't want I don't <laughs> want the sidecar. <laughs> you know what? I, at this point, I cannot take the sidecar away from you. It is as it is. You now own it. Enjoy it. It's yours. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever ridden. Yeah, bike with a sidecar. Yeah. Oh my God, it's not like any vehicle you've ever ridden before. Oh, you don't ride it; you drive it. Yeah, sidecar. But you drive it, but, it, but, but you don't even. Dr- it's like everything is the opposite yes. of everything you would ever think. Everything of doing. is wrong, and that's why right. sidecars kill so many people. Dustin oh, tried a sidecar. No, oh God, <laughs> it's horrible. And the brakes were so me. touchy. They have a double leading shoe front. Yeah. Drum no, break. My God, driving a sidecar was the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I've never seen him so frustrated. <laughs> He's like, I can work anything and I can't make this work. Yeah, <laughs> Phil had me in a parking lot, like trying to do a sidecar. And I was just like, I can't do it. Well, when you accelerate, it jerks one way. Right. When you decelerate, it jerks the other way. Well, when you hit the back brake, acceleration and deceleration. Well, we, we did that for a, a, a fucking job. Right. 
for, for an actual paid gig. Yeah, paid gig that I had uh, where um, my employer wanted me to fucking drive the sidecar rig with a camera guy in it. Uh, and uh, we lost his soul. We'd have lost the camera guy. Phil <laughs> <laughs> took me out and was like, "Yeah, yeah, here's how you do it." And I was like, "This isn't gonna fucking happen." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "I'm not gonna do this." I pronounce you undrivable. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll I, practice. So, I, so practice. I actually had Phil uh, got to be the, the the fucking driver. Right, and it's because with sidecars, acceleration and deceleration are actually. Control devices like acceleration and deceleration is how you steer the fucker. But I, I made you like fucking like what, eight hundred bucks. It was day? a good day. Don't get yeah. me wrong. <laughs> I was really happy that you were going to drive a sidecar that day. Like flying a helicopter with no. Yeah, I told my I told my employer I was, I was like I can't do this, but I have a guy that can. Yeah, imagine if you could only turn yeah, your car left and right by hitting the gas for the brakes. <laughs> you know, and that's but but I, I got to ride the other bike. Right, you got to ride the cool bike. <laughs> it's like toe steering on a on a plane. It's ridiculous. I mean, it but really toe steering is. on a plane is a lot easier. Much easier than sidecar <laughs> At least that's predictable. The sidecar well, like parking lot. So, what did you think about that weird linkage they have from the rear brake over to the outboard wheel? Oh my God! It's it's I, not. I had, a, I had to. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's the most Rube Goldberg shit ever. And there's like two inches of play. No, it's a slot so going into a, a rod. Cam, it's not no, a that's no. way too sophisticated. <laughs> a cable would be like heaven. No, oh. you can adjust a cable. No, that's what the Indian sidecars. Right, exactly. <laughs> the yeah. Indians are way ahead on this fucking technology on this one. Yeah. Well, I backed off. Uh, I backed off the adjuster on the, yeah. the outboard wheel or yeah. on the sidecar wheel. Right. And it actually became drivable. Right. Because it was so touchy, you would push it two millimeters. Oh, believe me, I tried it. Grab. Yeah. Instantly, and you would be in the next one. Right. It would immediately right yeah. turn. Yeah. Yeah. I was moving it around the shop, and I was pushing out of the shop, and it, you know, it's heavy. So it, uh, because they're all drums, it doesn't drag at all. There's no disc drag on this fucking thing at all. And once it gets rolling, it gets rolling pretty good. And so I jumped on the seat real quick and threw my foot down on the rear brake, and it just did a U. It did like a seven mile an hour dead U turn, and it's, it was a zero turn radius mower, and I, it almost pitched me off the bike. It turned so hard, so very dangerous. I, lo- I love that bike. You, know, you would because you're a fucking mutant. Love that bike. Yeah. You're a freak. And as spring is coming, you will be able to see Steve at his farm plowing furrows with it. He's gonna put the PTO on it. Put the put the rototiller option on the double bottom plow. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, so I'm thrilled that you're so happy with it because, yeah, because yeah, because I just like the simplicity of it. No, it's I, simple, all and right. I like the lines. On it's it. simple, like Forrest like Gump. The lines, <laughs> yeah. but the lines are good. You have to admit that when you look at, I mean, no, it's no, it flat. looks like what a sidecar is supposed to yeah. look like. I mean, that's that's the real that's easy, easy, easy. That was <laughs> really, really want to get my Aprilia. Yeah. Yeah. I've been <laughs> dying to get my Aprilia back on. Please turn towards him when he's punching. The uh, salt is just too much. I yeah, I don't know. Big punch. Chris Smith, have you made any forward momentum in your? Because uh, we're about to move. We're about to move our shot. Yeah, so. yeah no. Yeah, yeah. We're off the rails on my life. <laughs> we're about to move our shop, and because we're, because we're moving our shop, 
all the bikes that we're storing for people are going to have to go home to their homes. No so, coming out after just a little bit of Oh, a little bit of whiskey, and he's instantly Irish. A little bit of the McDermott coming out. He's got a bit of the McDermott coming out. I didn't even drink that. No, you didn't, didn't you? You were just smelling it. You were just smelling it from the inside. I was just punching grit. Yeah, he's up here. Last time I saw balance like that in a podcast, it was McDermott. Exactly. <laughs> there truly was. Oh, oh man, one Jerry. more thing. Fireman. You got right. a little Give a shout-out to Yuri. Yuri? In the Russian Federation <laughs> for sending me the gear for my alternator so that I can actually charge the battery. Count. Oh, okay, cool. So the guy is really cool, and he's, I mean, I'm, I'm glad. So the rest of the beer. charging system for your bike is going to be a series of solar panels. That's how I was thinking about <laughs> But Every part from, I did get the parts from that, from Yuri, and yeah. I thank you very much because mm-hmm. they're it's waiting at the post office. You know, you right can now. run a little generator off the sidecar wheel like the old bicycles could have, yeah. and that'll give you some amperage right yeah. there. You can put three of them, one on each wheel, and that'll what charge your battery. Thermal electric panels on the exhaust. Thermal electric panels. I looked into that. <laughs> I did. Oh, no, I swear to God, I did look into it. They're thirty-five dollars a piece. Yeah. They generate uh, seven volts. And they put out uh, like 15 watts, oh, and yeah. so you could string them together, yeah. and they use them on uh, uh, wood stoves to generate for, for people who live in the woods that don't yeah. want any solar panels. Oh wow! They make pots and stuff that are built in, so right. when you heat the pot up, you can charge your iPhone. Or yeah, I saw that. I saw those. So I them. thought for two thousand dollars, I could put a generator on a thousand dollar bike. On a thousand dollar bike. Chris Smith, did you? Are you any closer to buying the motorcycle of your dreams? Done. Done. Dun da dun 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 Come on! Dun dun Spill it, baby! Spill it! 2001. Concourse? Concourse. Excellent. Really? Original owner. Oh, wow. Lived in Brunswick. Lives? Lives? I was going to say. Not lived. Did you have to go get the bike from the accidentally posted the end with one decimal point over Under or over 100,000 miles. Uh, 32,000. Oh, geez. Oh, good. Oh. Just getting broken in. Pretty good for a 14, 15-year-old bike. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Three, Just the right number. 3K. Right on. Yeah. Good job. Uh, he has all the uh, the crash bars built on, a couple of extras. He put some um, cool shit on there. Put some stuff on it. Uh, yeah. Threw in... Uh, this is the Kawasaki Concourse 1000 we're talking about. ZG1000. Yep. Threw in uh, three oil changes. <laughs> and uh, he doesn't. He's got this guy has a separate garage, probably about this size, yeah. behind his house, heated. He has TVs, uh, hey, refrigerators. It's man cave. Man cave. Hey, I, this is I, I don't know. He's, he's got had twelve bikes. Now he's down to six. Oh, oh. less mine. That's down to five. Wow. He's a uh, Moto Guzzi owner. Yeah. Victory yeah. owner. Yeah. Uh, had a uh, tried to sell me a Honda Ruckus for an extra. 3K. A I little ruckus or a big ruckus? <laughs> big ruckus. Oh, yeah, yeah hold on. Well, well, it's there. It's there. there and, uh, I can't so, make any money at that price, but they're still cool bikes. Little little you want to yeah. store it for me over the winter? What? Store it for me over the winter. Me? No. no him. I was going to say, I'm out of Good for you. So it's done deal. That's fantastic. What color is it? Uh, orange. 
No, he's in blue. Blue. I was going to say, it can only be three colors. (laughs) It's blue. It's Kawasaki Concourse blue. So I'm looking forward to it. That's cool, man. That's cool. Excellent. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do to make it your own? What are you going to add to it? What do you think Uh, you might see? His ass. Well, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I I haven't really thought that. Does it have the heated grips on it yet? It does. does. Ooh, good for you. You're ready to rock. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. And uh, GPS... uh, what a good you bike. A GPS for me? Boy, that's right, man. You know, you got the right bike at the right price there. Yeah. yeah. And this guy's, this guy's obsessive compulsive about his bikes. Yeah, so, well, that's uh, good for you. Yeah, so he's got all these... Uh, now, how did you run into this guy? Was he a Craigslist thing, or what was yeah, his deal? Yeah, Okay. There's this guy down in Brunswick, and uh, I call him and talk to him, and he was a little bit higher than what I bought it for, but... Yeah, well, uh, I mean, that's how it works. But, you know, the, the tires are pretty fresh, so yeah. I don't have to replace any tires. God and, damn, that's uh, a good deal. All the service records, he, he did all his own service. So he's yeah. kind of a, he's a 70-year-old guy, right. and he's been riding forever. And that's the dream get, setup. He can't get his leg over the bike anymore. Ah! Mm. But he's a hell of a nice guy. Yeah. Joe Vinsick. Nice. Joe Vinsick. Joe Vinsick. Who's buying sausage from our sausage club. <laughs> hey, look at that. Little shout-out to the charcuterie sausage club. Yeah, nice. Everybody should belong to us. What do you guys call your club? The Meat Hangers? Uh, chaos. Chaos. That's an acronym for something. hobbyists yeah. and occasional smokers. Charcuterie <laughs> 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 hobbyists and occasional smokers. There you go. That's pretty good. Smile when you see You work that right in there. See that? That was like our old C's uh, club. Scooter Enthusiasts Incorporating Zen Engineering. I like it. That <laughs> came out of C's. I like it. And if you're going to run around two strokes, C's is a good name for it. There you go. Yeah. It's a pretty good name for it. The uh, that, I mean that's fucking good, man. I'm happy for you. Yeah. That's a kick-ass setup. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, excited about that's it. That's cool. That's cool. Um, we I had the pleasure of being at Porco the other night, and Chris's eldest son came in, and uh, really had a great time. No names, please. Hey, but uh, his girlfriend's a real sweetheart. Like they got a good thing going on. Yeah, super cool. Yeah. Now, Phil asked him, "Hey, have you ever seen this movie or read this book?" And my poor son said, oh, "No, my God, boy, no. like." No. You know, I'm asking Phil them standards. Says, Man, your parents are fucked up. That's what I said, what did your fucking parents do for you when you were a kid? Didn't know Blade Runner, didn't know about the Princess Bride, you know, like, didn't know about, like, some stuff, some pretty pivotal, you know, stuff, man. Well, some stuff you're supposed to see to be a well-rounded media consumer <laughs> or be able to get references and shit. But he did all right. He did. You know what? He's a fucking really good guy. You should be really proud of your son. He's a, he's a good cat. Good, solid cat. Thank God for Mrs. Smith. Huh? Right, must be. Right? <laughs> must be. Uh, the war department, as we call it around the house. Yeah, yeah. So we're running at 53 minutes, and somehow this yeah, thing hasn't died yet. We still have a little bit of battery left. Uh, what I do want to shout out. Let's this thing out. Yeah, let's, we're going to run this thing right in the ground. That's easy for you to say. So the big thing is, right now, because we are all looking at riding motorcycles next week, I think. Provided a little bit of rainfalls. Yeah. I mean, I think we're all talking about getting out there because I think we're all about fucking frustrated. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to (laughs) ride. He's going to chip the salt off the PC 800 and go out again. The uh, or as he likes to call it, the salt lick. (laughs) The horses are out there licking it right now. They're running out of the road. They're running out of the road to go lick that warm salt off that motorcycle. I heard Petco is opening up a motorcycle department. You know, like all the shut decon air filter. Shut your whore mouth. This would be a real good time for people who are listening to the podcast to actually think about 
Think about your bike before you go start your bike. That's a pretty decent piece of advice. Because um, in the past week or two, I've already had a hundred a hundred people call me saying, I went up to my motorcycle and pressed that red button and it didn't start. Hmm. And that battery you sold me two years ago is obviously a piece of shit. And they didn't have anything on there to keep that. Remember that your battery is like a puppy. If you don't maintain it a little bit, you're going to have a dead puppy on your hands. You're going to shit on the floor. Right. So do that. Uh, today, I, uh, yesterday, I drove oh. to Pittsburgh to pick up a motorcycle oh, my from poor dead puppy. Pittsburgh. I picked up a 2000 Kawasaki Vulcan 1500 Nomad. And uh, I picked this bike up for a guy who wants us to sell it for him on consignment, and it's been sitting in the garage in Pittsburgh for three years. What year is it? 2000. Oh, the, the last year you could buy one with a carburetor. That In 2000, you could get a carburetor or a fuel injector, and the dealer must have loved him because he got the carbureted one. So uh, it's black. It's got all the you know, bags and stuff. It's it like still a, runs better than the brown. Be Harley Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but here's what I can tell you. He had a battery tender on there. He had an Optimate battery type tender on there. And so he thought he was doing a good job. And the point is that shit's not magic, dude. The battery was still fucked. Um, green light and all, I touched the button one time, and the battery went, and it just like, just, just, just ozone just escaped from everywhere and that battery was dead. So just because you have a green light on your charger does not mean your shit is going to start. Sometimes um, those chargers will, like, float. We They're call it phantom right? voltage. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you want to disconnect them and connect them back up, and it sets it into another charge? Yeah, it sets it into another charge. Yeah. But what I would say is before you say, next Tuesday is going to be beautiful, I'm going to ride, take this opportunity to go try your shit now in your pajamas. So you're not trying it when you're wearing all your fucking gear and realizing this thing ain't going to start. And please, <laughs> please check the pressure in your tires. Oh, God. Yeah, if you can't do anything else, check the fucking tire pressure. Uh, that will kill you. Um, also, if your motorcycle's been sitting in the exact same spot for the past four months, the tires may have flat spots on them. The brakes may have high spots on them. You know, so the first time you use your brakes, it may not be that smooth braking action you're looking for. It might be, which is followed quickly by the sound of skidding tires and metal hitting the pavement. <laughs> and screaming yeah. driver. And screaming driver, right. <laughs> yes. And a trip to the urgent care. Yes. So uh, definitely remember, this is the time you want to be looking at that first start of the season. It's not a bad idea to pull your spark plugs out and clean them or replace them and spray some lubricant into your cylinder. Or maybe if you're the type of person that likes starting fluid, that's a good spot to put that starting fluid. It's got a little top-end lube in it. So when you start your bike, it does actually start instead of just cranking the corrosion on the rings up and down your cylinder linings. Well, that's for honing. That's mm -hmm. honing. Right. Yeah. That iron oxide honing that we like so much that's taking 50,000 miles off your motor because you couldn't be bothered to pull the spark plugs out and squirt some stuff in there. Um, that's a great thing to do. Uh, those are all good little tips for waking up your motorcycle. Make sure the battery's healthy. Make sure your tires are full of air. Make sure you've got some lubricant or something in the cylinder before you try to start it. Uh, also, a good idea is Forty Creek. Forty Creek. As you go out in the garage. Get a little more. Get a little antifreeze in your system. The, uh, but that's all good stuff if you're going to fire your motorcycle up. It's also a good idea to go through your gear. Make sure that your gear is in good shape that's been sitting there being chewed on by moths or rats or whatever you got. It's a good time to find out if your foam's falling out of your helmet. You know? Get the seeds out of your exhaust. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. If you start your motorcycle and it looks like 
Yeah. <laughs> Stop. That's a good time what to check that, your decon air filter. Yeah, that's a real good time to check for that. Um, all right. Dustin says we're done. We're at 59 minutes and 13 seconds. Goddamn right. On that, we're going to say, remember, folks, drive fast and take chances. And would somebody please play us out? I keep pressing the button, but it won't stop. You must press the button. It won't stop. For God's sake. You stop. Press the button. Stop. Stop, you press crazy. Press the button. Stop. It won't stop. It won't stop. Ah, we're done. We're done. Look at that. It won't stop. Make it stop. It won't stop. Make it stop. My God, man, it just won't stop. I'm keeping pressing the button.